Our water warrior is Helen Dalton, and she's calling in from the Murray this morning. Hello, Helen. Yeah, hello, Marcus. How are you? You're not too bad. Uh, Look, I don't know what to make of this, but I see that uh, one of your gorgeous dogs on your property isn't coming anywhere near you. Why? No, no. He he still thinks I'm in, um, you know, I could be infectious because I was in Sydney about three weeks ago. But no, I'm I'm hale and hearty. I'm good. Oh, that's good. What's uh, what's puppy's name? Uh, Humphrey. Humphrey, that's right. Mm. And what sort of dog is he? Uh, A corgi. Which are, they're a beautiful dog, Corgis. Yeah. So I, I can understand why the Queen's quite keen on them, because uh, they're, they're great. They're terrific. All right. Now, um, we spoke last week about um, the latest uh, look at, you know, war, floodplain harvesting, um, the stealing of water from the Upper Murray, and obviously the effects of the Lower Murray-Darling Basin. Um, has anybody followed up on any of this, or has it just all unfortunately fallen by the wayside because we're in lockdown? No, we're still beavering um, behind the scenes. There's no doubt about that, and I've been speaking to a lot of people out uh, in the Western Division, uh, urging them to put in submissions to this um, upper house inquiry that we've got going on floodplain harvesting. And they're busy busy doing that. So the first hearing will be in Sydney. I'm not sure when that date will be. Yeah, of But course. they're all primed to, um, to attend Sydney and they want to have their say, which is fantastic. All right, just remind my listeners again why this inquiry into floodplain harvesting is so important. Well, it is because um, there's no metering or monitoring of floodplain harvesting. And, of course, that's, that's taking rainwater without any kind of just diverting it into private dams. And, of course, if it goes into private dams, then it's not making its way to the Darling. And in uh, basically over 30 years, you know, the the government, successive state governments, have have really almost decommissioned the Lower Darling and the Menindee Lakes. And and we know that, really, the Menindee Lakes and the Lower Darling are incredibly important to our ecosystem and um, they're regarded as the kakadu of the south. So, yep. And a big breeding ground um, for cod and uh, birds at the Menindee, uh, on the Menindee Lakes, and it's just so very, very important for our system. All right, now let's have a look at the COVID-19 situation. You are concerned a regional health crisis could emerge if COVID-19 spreads into regional communities. Well, we know it's already happened, of course, in the Central mm. West. We've got Blaney, Cabon and... Orange Shire Council's now in a seven-day lockdown. But, look, uh, I think the concerns are valid. Even smaller rural hospitals are totally ill-equipped to deal with COVID cases. There's no ventilators or negative pressure rooms or anything. No, we're in a lot of trouble. We're in a lot of trouble without COVID. Um, So as it's starting to spread out into the West, it's um, very, very concerning because we are ill-equipped to handle any uh, cases at all, really. Um, and then, of course, we've got um, lockdown um, in Victoria, or well, border closures rather, and border uh, closures in New South Wales. So we've got to stay to our areas, but um, we've got to source our healthcare requirements um, in Victoria yeah. in most of my electorate, and that's causing immense concern. Well, they're absolutely <laughs> trapped in a paradox, aren't they? The the border communities. I mean, we've got some hospitals, Leeton, Tokenwall, already without doctors. I mean, Tokenwall Hospital is on the brink of closure due to a lack of nurses. If one nurse gets sick, they'll be forced to close their doors. What happens, for goodness sake, if somebody in that region contracts COVID? Look, it's very dire, and um, we've been—I've um, been speaking to Murrumbidgee Local Health District about this, trying to urge them to 
to really employ people. It takes um, Murrumbidgee Local Health District almost eight months to recruit a nurse, and that, to me, is just totally unacceptable, and I don't understand what's going on with the process there. All right. Well, the virus is a wake-up call uh, to regional areas of New South Wales. As we know, uh, Blaney, as I mentioned, Orange Shire Councils are now into a lockdown because of a, uh, a, a case and uh, close contacts. We can only hope and pray that it doesn't spread further south into the Murray. Let's move on to an, another issue here as we get away from uh, COVID-19. We've talked about that, of course, and there are concerns of a spread down into the Murray. Let's hope that doesn't happen. Uh, but I've got a, a note here saying you have successfully desexed your quarter horse. Yes, Barnaby. So Barnaby's really um, on a, you know, it's been a resounding success. So Barnaby now is, is quite, has forgiven me, which right. is good. Yes. And um, now children not causing any problems because uh, if they're not desexed, then um, their behaviour can be um, hormonally charged. And that's not a good thing, really. Yeah. So, well. Uh, He's happy as Larry. Well, that is good. Um, Barnaby is asked to be referred to by the pronoun they. What? What's going <laughs> well, on here? Now, well, he's not a he or a she. I suppose he's a they. And, uh, um, he's why? Very, because very... you've... <laughs> the whoop whoops. Yeah? yeah? Yes, because, uh, you know, now he's, um, you know, he's been desexed. And uh, so, yeah, he's very... He's very particular. I can tell that. you're not comfortable with this gender discussion because you keep referring <laughs> to Barnaby as a he. Yes, I know. It's it, you know, old habits die hard. I That's right. Say, but but anyway, I'm trying. I'm learning. I'm adjusting. Yeah. So he, somehow he, I can't no. imagine you referring to Barnaby as a they. <laughs> somehow. <laughs> All right. Uh, by the way, um, Oliver. Uh, Oliver's quite funny. Oliver's your your media guy, your, your right hand man. Uh, he writ- he's written in the notes here. Two weeks ago, Helen castrated her quarter house named Barnaby. <laughs> Look, I know you're on a farm, you know, I know things are occasionally okay there in the Murray, but I didn't know you had a quarter house as well. No. Hey? No. You, no. Don't, you don't have one of those big estates like the Deputy Premier? No, a long way from that, I'm, I'm afraid. Are you sure? Yes, no. I don't know, I think uh, Oliver might have given up the ghost here, referring to your quarter house. Yes, that's right. But, um, no, anyway, we have a bit of fun, so we've got to um, get a, you know, have a joke about all of this. Absolutely. Because, um, if you don't, you'd be um, quite torn up, I think, in no. a lot of cases. Well, that's right. And, and let's be honest, I think um, yeah, we do need a distraction. That's why I've mentioned, you know, it'll be good to, even though the Olympics are going ahead, I've just got a note that's come through. Um, look, we, we all want to support our athletes. Diana says, morning, Marcus and Helen. It's just announced that 67 people in the Olympic Village have COVID. Boy, oh, oh boy. No. I mean, look, I've been against the games going ahead, but mm. they are, so I think we might as well support our athletes who are there and it'll provide a nice distraction over the next couple of weeks at least. Look, I think so, and they're there, so let's get behind them. Yeah. Um, it is a difficult time for everyone and it's really difficult, I think, when you haven't got spectators because um, it really does take the... You know, the whole... Like, oh, it'll take away the atmosphere. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yep. So, um, no, we're behind them 100%. All right, good to chat. Thank you, Helen.